stuff. Yes, yes. Welcome in Saturday Night Bills Allergy, Built in Buffalo. I am DM3, one of your hosts, alongside of my brother from another mother and father, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. A. Rich, what's up, man? You're, you're muted. Can you hear me now? I can. I can. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> A. Rich, Akeem Richens. This is Built in <laughs> Buffalo. My brother, DM3. We are back together once again. Billsology, right? It's been that, some time since we've done this. I'm excited to be back. And and since you say that, it's been a, it's only been two weeks, right? Because I got married last Saturday. 
and we took a little hiatus, but we 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 put putting the band back together. So I, I got something for you. this. Is how me and A Rich feel after we haven't been doing a show for two weeks, right here. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, that, that's it right there. Hey, <laughs> that, that, that is it. Hey, that is it. That is the on. perfect picture. Back on. Back again. Yes. So, <laughs> all right. So we we have, when I say we have an absolute slam pack show, we have an absolute slam pack show. There's just a ton of stuff that we're going to talk about. We do have a special guest. Um, his name is EJ Daniels. He is a PFF Buffalo Bills correspondent. He is a fan favorite as far as Twitter. Um, he has some awesome takes on some stuff and awesome, awesome knowledge of the game. And I'm going to bring him in right now. EJ, yes, what's going on? What's going on, man? Good to have you Nothing on. much, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'm always take the opportunity to speak to Bill's Mafia. Thank you guys again. Absolutely. It, like when Adrich said that he was talking to you to get you on and I, I love PFF and, and I get a lot of slack for it because I'll use PFF grades on, on my shows and, and, you know, in other social media outlets and things like that. And I absolutely love PFF because if you want to talk about, you know, watching every single snap of every single play of every single position, um, you know, that's, that's, that's how to do it. And and they get it done. So um, I wanted I to, might, I wanted, I might not agree all the time, <laughs> but just I, add, I love the work. <laughs> I may not agree all the time, but I love the work. <laughs> just ask, just ask yourself when you say, Oh, I don't agree. Ask yourself, is it factual or is it their opinion? Is what they're saying, do they have statistical <laughs> facts to back it up? Usually they do. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm telling everybody to say. Just ask yourself, okay. is what they're saying factual <laughs> or not? Or is it just like their it. opinion? I like That's all it. I'm saying. I like, I like it. If you guys are new to the channel, this is Bill Zology every Saturday night at 9 p.m. right here on Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. If you guys haven't smashed the like button, please smash the ever-loving shit out of the out of the like button if you're watching on facebook share if you're watching on youtube subscribe hit the bell so you get notified um like i said we've got a big show where I'm, uh, we're going to talk about josh allen uh, i want to talk about the bills running game um, i know a rich wants to talk about the cornerback play i want to talk about tight ends i think we all want to talk about tight ends uh, we're going to talk about andre roberts we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk to we'll get into it we'll take comments questions as we go Again, if you guys have a super chat, throw it in there. That way it'll get shouted out in the comment section. We'll be able to digest that, throw it up, and we'll talk about it. Um, so, EJ, I want to get your initial thoughts. Uh, let's take take us back to the 2018 draft prep, um, and everybody was talking about this quarterback class and how it was shaping up. Who was your guy coming out 2018 ahead of the draft? My guy undoubtedly was Baker Mayfield, just for the simple fact I felt like I liked his swagger, number one. I like guys who go out and talk and then back their play up. And in college, he was he was the most accurate passer in college that year. So that was my guy. And then second, I was really high on Josh Rosen, man. Like, I know he didn't turn out the way everyone wanted him to do. But, I mean, in college, his knock was he had one good year. And that usually is a, a big concern if you only have one, you know, high-end year of production. But those were my two guys. I wasn't really high on Lamar like that because I felt – he was just a guy who can run and was very athletic. But I knew at some point, and if we're just being honest, at some point, Lamar was going to have to buckle down and throw from the pocket. And let's just be honest, he has not done that yet. Gotcha. And what was your – go ahead, Ayers. 
and you know what? He's you know, I we we agree. We agree. We agree to the point of Baker Mayfield because that was my guy as well. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just his his bravado. It just the it just spoke my language. It was just somebody that I I wanted. It was infectious the way he was mm-hmm. personality wise, and then he'll come in with his pinpoint accuracy. So I wanted him as well. Um, I wasn't as high on Josh Rosen because it was just becoming a modern NFL and he had dinosaur feet. But I did enjoy watching him from the pocket because I do feel he delivers a beautiful ball. And it's unfortunate that an NFL team won't give him a chance. Yeah, that that's a good point. And, and I, I think, you know, that was when me and A. Rich actually first started to do content together. And we, we did a video on the quarterbacks and we did a video on the draft. And I was not sold at all on Josh Allen. And there's, I mean, it's out there. There's receipts everywhere for, I was all over his accuracy issues. I was over the fact that if we want to win in the next three to four years, he's a project. He's raw. Um, Cause Baker was my guy too. I just like mm. you guys, I, I liked the fact that he, he seems like he's that guy that you're, he's going to run through a brick wall to try to get things done. So talk to me a little bit about Josh Allen and where you were then um, as to where you are now. And you can kind of elaborate everything in between if you want, if you want yeah. to. So, What's funny is I really didn't pay attention to Josh Allen when he first, you know, came in the league. But um, you guys asked me what was PFF's take on Josh Allen. I want to read verbatim what they said about Josh Allen. So here's the analysis. Here it is. It says, the first thing usually mentioned about Josh Allen is his size, arm, and athleticism. But he needs work on the important things like accuracy and decision making. His high-end plays are spectacular as he can create downfield opportunities opportunities with his arm, but he must improve in the short game and cut down on his turnover-worthy plays. There is an offense to be built around Allen's skill set, but his great velocity is overrated unless he improves his accuracy, touch, and willingness to work efficiently in the quick game. Allen showed plenty of promise with an 84.7 overall grade in 16, but he regressed to only 73.1 last season. Tell me if that's spot on or not. You know Sounds, what? Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. You know what? It it does it does sound it sounds accurate, right? Especially hey. when you when you look at his uh st- statistical performance as he went uh uh throughout his his college ranks into the NFL, really college. 49 percent right didn't have great accuracy there didn't show it great accuracy there uh 56 percent completion percentage in wyoming then he came to the buffalo bills his rookie season and had 52 percent completion percentage but i believe what everybody is ignoring is is uh the confidence within a coaching staff and in a scouting department and in within the organization it's not necessarily about what that player is now it's about what what, what can we develop this player to become and i think we just look too much into his statistics and we hated on him for that instead of looking at the organizational part and trusting within the organization as, okay, this guy is raw now, but can they develop him into a guy that can be elite in the future? And the Buffalo Bills felt that. And I think that's the reason they took a chance on, on Josh Allen. And so far as paying off development matters. Yeah. And, and to, to second that, if you look, if you were able to, to tell, into the future back when everybody was drafted, right? When Baker was drafted number one, when Darnold went to the Jets, yada, yada, yada. At everybody shied away from Allen because he was raw and he was a project. Well, look three years into the future. Allen's developed, I think, the best out of all of them. 
to be mm-hmm. on, if if I'm if I'm being honest, I, I mean Baker Baker had a great rookie season. He kind of regressed a little bit last year. You could you could say it was coaching or whatever. He had a he had a really good season in 2020, but Sam Darnold with the injuries and things like that, uh, bad coaching. He's gone through different offensive coordinators. Lamar Jackson, they tried to make him a pocket passer at the beginning of this year. That didn't work. They reverted back. So and then we all know about Josh Rosen. So I, I mean. If we were fortune tellers back then and somebody told me, hey, in 2020, Josh Allen's going to you know, be one of the finalists in the MVP voting, I would have thought you were crazy and thought that these other guys would have been you know, ahead of that. But, but here we are. I mean, here we are. So, so, I, yeah. I, so I have a question, you know I mean? and I, I have a question, and I don't want to veer off, but I'm curious to know E.J. Daniels' mm-hmm. take. Does, does this play that we see from Josh Allen, would it, would it uh, boost the status of a guy like Trey Lance, for example, another raw prospect in this NFL draft coming out? Do teams would look at Josh Allen and what Buffalo Bills did and said, you know what, I can do this with Trey Lance. Let's go ahead and, and draft this guy and possibly be overdrafted because of what teams seen from the progression of Josh Allen. I want to get your thoughts on that. It's funny that you asked that question because, you know, PFF was actually just having that conversation the other day. And it was specifically about Trey Lance. And the title of the his argument was, you know, the projects are working out. You know, the pro- when you take a, a, a risk on a project and you develop them. And like you said, you give them tools to work with. You give them an online. You give them the things that they need to be successful. They've been panning out, you know. And to go to your specific point about Trey Lance, I think he can pan out. You know, one thing that I love about Josh and I tried to explain this to a moron on Twitter, is that Josh had the mindset to say, hey, I know I'm not an accurate passer right now. I know I'm not the greatest thrower of the football. Let me go seek somebody out who can help me with that. He said he spoke to Tony Romo. He said he had a mindset change. Dable made him change his mindset to where he said, hey, I can't get the big play every time. I have to get first downs. And if I accumulate many first downs, eventually I'll get the big shots that I want and I'll get touchdowns. He sought out Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer helped him with his throwing mechanics. You saw it on Sunday Night Football. They showed you. They showed you his mechanics back in his rookie year and his mechanics now. So to answer your question, if Trey Lance comes in with that same mindset of, you know, I don't know everything right now, but let me go seek out the people, you know, who are going to help me get better. And that's the whole thing about it. You have to humble yourself and say, hey, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And you see Josh Allen had the uh, highest third-year jump of any quarterback in NFL history. And it goes hand-in-hand, hand too, with the IQ of, of Josh Allen, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody and, – and, and I've talked about this before, but I, I remember watching him sitting on the couch with Kirk Cousins, and they were breaking down those plays. And I was like, dude, this guy is smart. Everybody talks about how smart – deservedly so Deshaun Watson is. But I feel like that – having the wherewithal to just understand and absorb as much as possible is going to help him fix all the other stuff. Like he knows that it's not Wyoming and he's, he doesn't have NFL caliber player or that he didn't have NFL caliber players. So now he's got guys that will make plays and he doesn't have to throw the ball 50 yards every play. He can take the check downs. I still think he struggles with it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's 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 just me. I mean, as as smart as he is, as intelligent as he is, he understands every I think every year he needs to he he picks something to work on. And I think this so happens to be this year. Yes, we had Stefan Diggs, but you saw him doing so much other stuff this year. Pre snap reads all the stuff, you know, going through his progressions like when he was a, a rookie. I swear to God, I yelled so many times, throw the ball. 
dude, mm -hmm. throw the ball. And he was just mm -hmm. standing yeah. there like a statue. Like he had, he didn't know what to do. And now it's like his decision making is so much faster. So, you, you know, the greatest, you know, the greatest analogy in all the sports, in all of sports, the game just slows down for me. Mm -hmm. That is the greatest analogy in all the sports. Basketball players say it, baseball, football players, and I think uh, that's that's exactly what Josh Allen is going through right now. The game has just slowed down immensely from year one to year three, and I think uh, the progressions that he's taken is is part of what we see because of it. And uh, we got to credit Josh Allen, man. He has all the tools that you can't teach, and sometimes you have to have that it factor. A lot of players in the NFL work hard and still are not that good, right? Yep. So credit, credit Josh Allen for, for having that it factor and credit the Buffalo Bills for seeing the it factor in him. Yeah, and it, it, it goes – I didn't mean to cut you off. It, it goes oh, hand in hand too with – I think a lot of people aren't crediting the, the behind-the-scenes people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I mean, Brandon Bean took a flyer. I also want to say he took a flyer on him because his scouting department is is – hands down top five in the NFL, but every year they did things to make him successful. And a lot of that, yes, is on Josh Allen to use the tools that he's given and execute the plays. But you look at a guy like Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey was so, so such a huge factor, I believe from year two to year three um, or from year one to year two, then to, then to year three, because Dable, remember he wasn't here in 2018, his rookie season. So I think I think Ken Dorsey needs to get a lot of the credit. We talk about Carson Palmer or Jordan Palmer all the time, um, and how he has his little school with the quarterbacks. But I don't know. So I see some people talking about Deshaun Watson. EJ, what's your thoughts on Deshaun Watson? Is he going anywhere? Not to change subjects, but uh, it doesn't look like he's reporting to the Texans. Uh, if I was to bet my money of where he would go, they said Carolina's about to make a push for him. And that wouldn't be a bad idea for Carolina to do that. Um, if I had my way and I say, hey, where is he going? I honestly just – I got an itch to feel like Kyle Shanahan is going to pull something off where he's going to get Deshaun Watson. And I'm going to hate it, but I think that's where he's going to go. I think he's going to go to the Niners. I really I really feel that, man. I mean, you hate it. I live I live in San Francisco. I live uh, 30 minutes from San Francisco, so I would hate mm -hmm. that because 49ers fans are terrible. So, all right, comment section is starting to heat up a little bit. YouTube starting to catch on. Facebook starting to catch in there. So, if you guys haven't liked this video, please like the video. If you guys haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, subscribe. If you haven't shared this on Facebook, please share this on Facebook. Let's get more interaction in here. All right, so, burning question. What can Josh Allen do? And this is for you, EJ. What can Josh Allen do in 2021? to compare to what he just did in 2020 where do you think he goes, asked, where do you think he goes from here i'm glad you asked that question because i had that all prepared i have the whole spiel <laughs> memorized so this is what josh allen can do to be to go to that elite tier so i said that josh allen is a top five quarterback i believe that right but josh allen still in crucial moments he's his decision making is still a little spotty now you say where where are you getting this from Let's read back. Let's revisit the Colts game. The Colts game, uh, I think it was on the third down. They were in scoring range. They are about to take a field goal. He, they, Somebody busts through the pocket. And what does Josh Allen always do? He tries to stiff arm five linemen. That's what he always tries to do, right? <laughs> and so he took a sack on that play, and he knocked them out of field goal range, right? So when you're playing the Colts, when you're playing the Chiefs, when you're playing the Ravens, you can't do stuff like that, and that's just unacceptable. 
especially for a quarterback that we're going to consider top five. So that's number one. He can get better at decision-making late in games. Number two, he can start checking the ball down. And I know y'all love to see Josh Allen run around stiff, stiff arm five linemen, but let's remember something, Bills Mafia. You guys are getting ready to pay him $100 million, maybe more, right? He can't do that type of stuff when you're getting paid that much money. He is the franchise now. He has to be smarter. It is no coincidence that him and Lamar Jackson both have the lowest check down percentage in the league. They rather take off and run than check it down. So what they need, so for Josh Allen to get better, he needs to be a lot smarter with his body. He needs to be a lot smarter with his decision making. And he's shown us from year one to the year three that he can get better. And like Dave said, he has picked something every season to get better at. And that is the one thing that if he improves that, those two things that I said, he will be undoubtedly a top five quarterback in the league. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Nice. All right. So if you guys haven't smashed the like button, I'm going to keep saying it all show. Smash the like button. If you guys haven't shared this, share it. If you guys haven't subbed on YouTube, subscribe. And if you're watching on Twitter, please give us a like. Um, all right. So I'm going to put this banner up here and then we're going to dive into this because I'm not sure if we gave you the notes on this one or not. I think we wanted to throw some daggers in there. So everyone's yep. talking about the run game. Everybody's talking about we need to draft a running back. Everyone's talking about we need to re-sign this guy on the offensive line. We need to do this. We need to do that. So I've said on numerous shows, we don't really we don't really know per se. Now you're you're with PFF, so I'm sure you've watched all the plays and you've watched the linemen, you've watched the running backs, you've seen all the grades. So is it motor or moss? Is it is it the talent or is it the O-line? And this can you can kind of you know elaborate on this as much in, in detail as you want on these two guys and then we can talk about the O-line afterwards. Well, I think that both of them go hand in hand. So if you guys follow the PFF Bills page, you will see that earlier this week I put out the Bills run blocking grade that they were number 15 in run blocking this year. So for PFF, I do a process that we have called all blocking, which means we look at every run blocking play and we look at every pass blocking play. For the first eight weeks of the season, I was had the privilege of watching the Bills O-line every week after all the games. So I want to answer this question specifically. Number one, they do not need to draft another running back. They've spent high resources in drafting two running backs in the past two drafts in the second and third rounds, if I'm not mistaken. So they do not need another running back. I want to sit here and tell Bills Mafia that at the beginning of the season, the run blocking was not that bad. It's not as bad as you guys are saying that it is. I've watched it. What they need to do, though, and what you guys were seeing towards the end of the season is that regression that was happening. Because at a certain point at week five, they were the number three best zone running team in the league up until week five. But then you started to see a drop off. And then that drop off got really ugly towards the end of the season. And then we all know what happened in the Kansas City game. So, to answer your questions about the running backs, no, they do not need to add any more running backs. I even like Antonio Williams. Get a three, get three running backs in there. I mean, running back by committee, committee is the way to go these days because it's cheaper. You know, you can allocate resources to other places. And then also, if you want to get your interior line better, if you want to get your run blocking better, improve your interior line. Mitch Morris signed a big contract. He's probably not going to be the one that's going to be replaced. So Feliciano, he might get a new contract. But if they look for, you know, some guards in the draft like Trey Smith from Tennessee or maybe even Deontay Brown from Alabama, if they improve their interior line and they keep consistently with the run game. And here's one more stat for you guys. The Bills ran 
the second least amount in the NFL um, and behind the Chiefs. The Chiefs were the only team in the league that ran less than the Bills did. So they also have to make a commitment to running the ball. And that is their biggest that is their biggest issues when it comes to running. So it's not the running backs. Running backs can't get in rhythm if they do, if they're not running the ball. And it's as simple as that. Hey Rich, now, what's your take, man? I see it as this. I when I look at the O line, when I when I try to construct a team, when I think about constructing a team, I spoke about this a little bit yesterday. I'm thinking about the most important things. What do I value most? The, the one thing I value most, obviously, is the quarterback, right? What mm-hmm. do I value after having my franchise quarterback? I value protecting my franchise quarterback. I want my franchise quarterback to continue being my franchise quarterback for the next decade. And then I value uh, players that can get to the quarterback. So those are the three three things I value the most when it comes to constructing the team in the NFL. And I feel that uh, re-signing Daryl Williams – is important. I know we're talking about the uh, the running backs, but I think it goes hand in hand. We think about who we had in the past, right? Uh, uh, Santrell Henderson's of the world. Cody Ford was a tackle uh, his rookie year. Uh, Eric Pierce. Uh, think about the tackles we had in the past, and and Darrell Williams is the best tackle we had in eight, nine years. And we have to continue to protect our investment. The Buffalo Bills are 26 in the NFL in O-line spending. And, and to me, uh, that's not good enough. We going We have to spend money to protect our best player, and I think Daryl Williams uh, definitely must get re-signed. And I believe our interior offensive line. We have to get better there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we have to get better there. I think uh, we all. Uh, everybody's talking. I think casual fans would talk Najee Davis first round or Travis Etienne. I, I'm talking uh, Trey Smith. I'm talking Wyatt Davis. I'm hoping we can add somebody else in that interior offensive line to improve not only uh, the run game but improve improve uh, pass protection as well. Just because Josh Allen is a is a mobile quarterback doesn't mean we want to use that mobility all the time. You know, right. so I think if we uh, improve our offensive line, I think we would open up and fix a multitude of problems. So uh, that's just how I feel about the situation. Yeah. I also agree that we should definitely uh, implement or employ a third running back on game day. Just put more pressure on the opposing defense. Put a third running back on game uh, on game day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers have it. Tom Brady has it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes have it. Uh, give it to Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean – Here's the thing, too, is like, so everybody wants to talk about who's RB1, who's RB2 between Moss and Motor, right? Okay, so Zach, Mo- or Zach Moss, injury shortened season. I don't really know if there's a huge sample size. We didn't use him nearly enough to, to actually, you know, have a, an expert analysis of what, what he is. I, I like Zach Moss. I really do like Zach Moss. I think he can mm-hmm. be a three down back. Devin Singletary, we all said we didn't have a huge enough sample size. Um, because they were splitting carries in 2019 with him and Frank Gore. And then this year we hardly ever use them. We use them more in passing situations than anything. Um, so I don't, everybody's saying we don't have enough uh, film to look at because we abandoned the run game. Like, like EJ said, after week five, we just abandoned the run game because everything else, the passing game was working. So we just never, we never went to it um, until we played the Patriots one because we knew we could uh, earlier in the season. But I, I just – I don't know. I, I, I don't think that – I like Antonio Williams. I just don't think that he would be a guy that I would want to bring in as a third back on an active roster. And the, the, the concern that I have is that Sean McDermott for three years 
hasn't caught on to the fact that all these other teams are are imploring they're they're putting out three back systems and it's working for all these teams. We were the only team in the final four that didn't use three backs on a regular basis. Um, and it showed uh, there was no, there wasn't going to be a way where we were going to be able to, to, to just end games because we weren't set up that way if we had a lead. So I, I'm all for trying to sign a free agent. If the money's right, obviously the salary cap is an issue this year. Um, there's a couple guys. I know a rich touched on it last night. He likes Mark Ingram. Um, I think you could probably get him at a reasonable rate. Um, then you have Carlos Hyde, who's out there. You could probably get him. And I know we were trying to, we were talking to him before the 2020 season. Um, and I absolutely love Chris Carson. I think in the passing game, he would be the, the, the best back that we have. Um, and he averages 4.7 yards a carry for his career. So, you know, it's money at this point, right? I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. it comes down to money. What do you think, EJ? You think we go free agency or we just go with what we already have? Because they're not going to bring back Yeldon because we yeah. have Antonio Williams sitting there. So what do you think? Uh, my gut is telling me that they should draft a running back late. Um, I've been on the train of where I want um, Jared Patterson from Buffalo. I know that's no pun intended, but, I mean, he is a fast back. I mean, that's the only thing Buffalo's lacking right now is a, is a back speed. with speed. speed. And I and I like the force miss tackles running backs. That's where Singletary and Moss are. They're, they're running backs that make people miss. And that's the most transferable trait from college mm. to the pros is making people miss. But they right. don't have that one speed game-breaker guy. And a guy like Jared Patterson from UB would be good. A guy like uh, Javante Williams, I think that's his name, from North Carolina, he would be good. I would like them to see spend as least amount of resources on a running back position as they possibly can. I know that's a cliche, PFF answer, but it's just really facts. Like you said, Dave, more teams that are winning are employing more three running back systems and investing in their O-line, like A. Rich said. That is how you get better running back play by improving your O-line. So I would like them to see them invest little resources in a running back position and let's draft a running back late. Yeah, and everybody says that like offensive it. lineman's not a sexy pick. I think at 30 this year, absolutely, an offensive lineman is the sexy pick. You need to get a guard either side because I don't, I don't, I still don't know what, what do we have um, with Cody Ford. We don't even know what we have in Cody Ford. We tried him mm-hmm. at right tackle. We platooned him with, with Ty and Secchi. We moved him to guard, and then this year we moved him to left guard. Then we benched him. Then he got injured. So, watching not film on Co- watching, go ahead, Irish, and then I'm gonna not ask only you that, that question. Yeah, not only that, you know, John Feliciano, Ibaka, Brian Winters, they're all free agents. Mm-hmm. They are all free agents. We we only have Cody Ford left to possibly pay guard, but we don't even know 100 percent what Cody Ford is yet. So uh, I think our offensive line, besides Darrell Williams, we have to we have to put more emphasis on our offensive line. Yeah, and, and the, the thing is, too, like they have – Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are, are kind of like – they, they depend on these guys like to a fault. Like they drafted Dawson Knox, and in two years, I don't think he's progressed to where they would have liked, but he'll be back this year and he'll be in the mix probably for tight end one unless they figure something else out. Even though Brandon Bean came out and said, hey – we need to get better at the tight end position. Same thing with Cody Ford. Like you benched him for a reason during the season for Ike Bakker. No knock on Ike Bakker, but come on. Like if if we're going to give him a starting guard spot, talking about Cody Ford, because 
we're, we're just trying to do the right thing because we drafted and we want it. We want to develop him. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. And that was, that's what I was going to ask you, EJ is what, what have you seen watching film on Cody Ford, wherever he's played, I, I guess, mainly at the guard position. Do you think that warrants him getting a starting spot in 2021? So the not coming knock on him coming out was that he had short arms. So that's why he can't play tackle because tackle. you know you, you know blocking those ends you got to have some type of arm length have to be able to use your arm so he didn't have the arm length you kick him in a guard i mean i would say that he was decent in the run game but he wasn't anything spectacular and then in terms of pass blocking he is just atrocious his grading profile is awful um mm -hmm. like you said he has not shown any promise to where i'm saying hey let's start him mm -hmm. he has shown me enough to say hey i need to go draft a guard and let him compete for him that's what he's shown me mm -hmm. so I will say no. He has not shown anything for me to say that he he's he's should be a starter simply because he was a what a second round pick or a third round pick something like that. He second, was drafted pretty second high, pick. second we round pick, right? We traded up to get him. We traded up to get he's, him, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now you feel like, oh, I have to keep this guy because I drafted him so high. No, you do not, because guard is one of those positions where and someone a GM said this. I don't believe it, but this is what he said. He said you can get anybody off the street and play guard. Now I don't believe that, but there is some veracity to it. You can get a guard in the draft, like Wyatt Davis, like you said, and pretty much get the same, if not better, if average play and be straight, you know? And Cody Ford is giving you less than average play. So, no, he has not won a starting spot for me anyway. Yeah, like it's it. going to be because, the, the like like A-Rich said, like the last thing, we were talking about the run game, but the last thing you want happen is the Andrew Luck situation where every year – we got to have a, a backup quarterback playing five to seven games because Josh is just getting beat all yeah. game, every game. Oh. I mean, if, if here's one thing that a, a lot of lot people talk about our run blocking, okay? And I'm going to go off on a tangent for a minute, but people talk about our run blocking or our pass blocking and how good it was. No, Josh Allen makes it look that good because of how athletic he is. If we don't have Josh Allen and we have – and just slightly above average athletic quarterback, we're taking sacks a lot. So, I mean, it's just it's just something not, not a lot of people talk about. It. They always talk about how bad our run blocking is. But I think if if Josh Allen's not that quarterback that he is, I, I think we're, we're having a different conversation about how good this passing offense would actually be. So, okay, all right, uh, go ahead. Oh, Dave, I was going to push back on you just a little bit. So. Okay. You no, know, you push. said the pass block, the pass blocking isn't that good, but I put some, I'm putting something out next week. The Bills were had a top six pass blocking offensive line this year. So really? I know you don't think yes, they're number six. The teams that were ahead of them were um, Arizona, Pittsburgh, um, the football team, and then Cleveland is number one, and then Green Bay is number two. They were number six. And why 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 I see why they're number six is because they have above average pass blocking at two of the most important positions mm -hmm. both tackle spots yeah mm -hmm. and that is why they're sure. that is why they're that high and coupled with the fact i know you guys love it again i'm going to go back to this i know you guys love to see josh allen run around but as as what russell wilson is feeling now when you hold mm -hmm. on to the ball a lot you mm -hmm. get more you you yeah. open yourself up for more sacks mm -hmm. so you can blame it on the online all you want but the online can only block for so long these pass rushes are are really good yeah. You know, and so Josh Allen sometimes abandons clean pockets 
You know what I mean? And it's not like it's not like they suck. They're actually a really good unit as a as a yeah. whole, as in the totality of it. And people have to put some onus on Josh Allen too for holding the ball too long. And this goes back to me talking about checking the ball down. This goes back to me talking about the decision making. Put some of the onus. Some of the onus when quarterbacks get sacked, some of that is on them also. I agree. Right. And there's and, and, and I think like I was talking about, there's something that he's got to work on. And and I think that we'll steadily start to see Josh become I know it's in his DNA. It's in his DNA to want to stiff arm guys and get 30 yards when he's try to get 30 yards when, you know, legitimately he's only going to get five and escape the pocket. I think he's going to become more of a big Ben type quarterback, the big mm -hmm. tall. I can see over everything and I can just pick wherever I want to throw the ball because he has the arm talent to do that. What were you going to say, hey, Rich? And and we have we it's it's still ways when people come to me and be like, hey, the Buffalo Bills, they was 13 and three, they was 15 and four. How can the Buffalo Bills possibly get get better? And I tell them all the time, uh, schematic changes is is how we can get better. Implore a third running back on game days. A any running back you implore, Antonio Williams, Matt Breida, Chris Carson, you implore any running back to go with the two we have is an automatic run uh, automatic upgrade because it's something we didn't use the year prior, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we also have to think uh, we didn't do uh, we didn't have any good tight end play. We've been getting our ass bust all season with tight ends and we couldn't bust nobody ass with our tight ends. So if we can improve our tight end play uh, improve uh, the running game by imploring a third running back and uh, getting better within the offensive line interior. Those are ways the Bills can get better offensively without spending a ton of money. And to piggyback off of uh, A. Rich's point, again, the Bills ran the ball the second least in the league. Think about that. There are only one less team that ran the ball the least amount than the Bills. So, again, they have to actually run the ball. But like you said, if they get a third running back, maybe they will be, you know, more balanced. And I said that was what was going to kill them against the Chiefs. The fact that they're not a balanced team was going to kill them. They were not going to be able to go point for point with Kansas City and expect to win. They were going to have to take some possessions away from them. And they didn't do it effectively. And because of that, you saw what happens to the run blocking. You saw what happened in the totality of the whole game. They weren't able to keep the Patriots, um, excuse me. The Chiefs offense off the field. The, the Chiefs score on every possession but one. And that was when Tyreek dropped that pass on third down. Mm -hmm. So you have to implore another type of strategy, man, when you're playing the team that good. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, Rich, you, you brought up tight ends. I wasn't going to go here, but it's a perfect segue. So what do we do with the tight end position? We heard Brandon Bean say we need to get better at the position. He didn't elaborate. He said it's definitely something that we are looking at. Um, I, I'm under the old adage that we need a veteran and we can draft somebody else. And people are going to say, you're crazy. That's too much invested in the tight end room. Here's why I say that. If you bring in a guy, whether it be three, four, five, six, seven years in the league, however long it is, we tried to sign Greg Olson. So it's a sign that we were going to try to do this last year. You bring in a guy that can give you production. You bring in a, in a guy that can groom Dawson Knox and you bring in a guy that can groom a draft a draft pick. Let the draft pick fight it out with Dawson Knox. The best man wins. And you get production now. You get production later. I think it's it helps in blocking. You find a nice blocking tight end that can also catch the football. Um, and and I think that that's just the way to go. EJ, what do you think, man? What's what's the what's the name of the game here at tight end? 
Well, if you look at the trend in the NFL, look at the Super Bowl teams that we've had in the last two years. We've had the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey, top top notch tight end. We had the Bucks with Gronk, top notch tight end. And then the year before that, we had San Francisco with George Kittle, top notch tight end. So a top notch tight end or a serviceable tight end definitely matters. With Bills, with the Bills specifically, I think I was on the, the Dawson Knox train of saying cut him because he was awful. Listen, if you are a tight end in the league. There is no reason why you should be dropping open passes. I'm not making excuses for professionals anymore. There is no reason why you should drop passes where you're wide open and there's nobody around you. Dawson Knox, his rookie year, had 29 catches with nine drops. That is entire, that is, the ratio on that is way too close for somebody who's in the NFL. So what I think they should do is, number one, give Dawson Knox another year. I think the way he played toward the end of the season earns him another spot. Actually, Tyler Croft actually played really well you know, uh, when he was there before he got hit with the COVID bug, uh, he actually played pretty well, especially that Rams game. He played he played really well. He was kind of like a downfield threat for the Bills. But I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. And if they in the third or fourth round look at a tight end from Miami, Brevin Jordan, I think that can be the guy that can be that downfield threat for them. Or if they don't get Brevin Jordan, I would like to see them go after Gerald Everett from the Rams. He's a tight end that has big slot capabilities. He's not utilized by the Rams the way he needs to be, which is why he always in he always has like 10, 15 catches a year. But if he was in the Bills office, I think he would be utilized more by Dable. But those are the two routes I would like to see him go. I would like to see him either grab Brevin Jordan in the fourth or fifth or third round or drive or try to get uh, Gerald Everett from the Rams. Hey Rich, thoughts. Uh I I we can't play around with this tight end position, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to um, I like Brevin Jordan. I, I like Brevin Jordan a lot. He's a he's a, a, a what I call a move tight end. You know, he would cause mismatches. But I also think that he would need some development. And I'm not sure with the window the Buffalo Bills have, we have time for that development. I would I would again. I like Dawson Knox. He's not obviously not a tight end one, but I like his athletic ability. And I think he done some nice things to warrant being on the roster and fighting for a tight end number two position next year. But I'm looking at a, a, a John o. Smith from the Tennessee Titans. I was I was waiting. I was waiting for I, you to I, say I, his I, name. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at him just because uh, you think about the you think about the Buffalo Bills offense, and you've seen at times where Dawson Knox had tight end screens and run little reverses and 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 be effective running the football. Can you did, imagine? Hold having- up, did you did you see the difference in that? Watch this right here. This is something that Dawson Knox cannot do. Give me that. Give me that. And then right here, wait right here to EJ's point. The but he's not scared of the pass when it comes in. He reeled that thing in like it was nothing. Okay. Right, sorry, I, continue. I, and I, yeah, I just, I just, I just love his athletic ability. I, and now I don't see him catch the ball, and I don't see the toe tag, the, 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 the toe drag swag like I see in other traditional tight ends. But his skill set and his athletic ability alone, I think, would, would thrive in the Buffalo Bills offense. And I think him, along with Dawson Knox, in two tight end sets because of their physical ability, I think they'll pose some mismatch problems. So uh, I really yeah. like John o. Smith. Here's here's the here's the thing about John o. Smith, and I want both of you guys' opinion on this. So I'm looking okay. at John o. Smith's free agent tracker tracker mm-hmm. sheet, right? Mm-hmm. And they said a projected contract for uh for John o. Smith is four years, ten million per. So that's twenty million and a half guaranteed. Are you willing that's to tough. invest that in a tight end? That's all yeah. I'm saying. Are you willing to invest yeah. that in him? And yes. with a, in a cap strap year. Yes, because I feel like Tennessee did not utilize him the way that he should have been. He is an athlete that we need on offense. 
Dawson Knox may be a nice asset blocking. He may be physical at times, but it's like hit or miss. It's not, he's not consistent enough for me. I want athletes on at every position. I want freak athletes all over the damn field. I mean, Gerald Everett is an athletic specimen himself, you know? He is. He's He'd be a lot cheaper too. And he would be a lot cheaper. It's just, it's just the, uh, is I, I think that he has the ability to be good, but do we know for sure? At the same time, somebody will post to me, do we know John o. Smith would be great for sure, or would he be another Charles Clay? So it's a, definitely an interesting discussion. And then there's another little little stat I was looking up. It was like a couple years ago when they were trying to draft uh, Armin Sign, Greg Olson. The Bills haven't had a tight end grade over 70 for like the last 10 years. So they have not had a tight end that has, got, has given them top-notch production in almost – Lord knows how long. Mm -hmm. So investing in that position, I'm kind of with you, Dave. I'm kind of with you. Mm -hmm. that they should draft mo invest money into it, but not $10 million per in a cap strap year. So yeah, and you like all, all these contracts too, though, I, I feel like – because I've been looking at spot track too and all this, but I just feel like this stuff is getting, is getting a little exaggerated. I think it's going to come down. This is going to be a year where there's going to be guys that are going to be getting cheaper deals. It sucks to be a free agent in 2021. That, that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yep. Well, now, what's that, Eirich? So you like Brevin Jordan over Pat Fairmew, the tight end from Penn State. The thing is, I have to be a realistic at, at their draft position, and Pat Fryermouth is probably not going to be there. He is the closest thing. Yep. Yeah, he is the closest thing to Rob Gronkowski that you're probably going to get coming out for tight end. Kyle Pitts is a freak. Obviously not going to be there. Pratt Fryermouth is the second best tight end in the draft. He is mm -hmm. probably not going to be there. Be and the mm -hmm. Bills have way too many other needs mm -hmm. and then yeah. to invest that high of a pick in Fryermouth. So mm -hmm. that's why, I, like I said, I've been doing these mock drafts for on a PFF simulator, and every mm -hmm. time I'm doing them, Brevin Jordan's there. there. Or even mm -hmm. or even Hunter Long from uh, Virginia, or Boston College. I mean, mm -hmm. even somebody like him. But mm -hmm. all I'm saying is that there are ways to get high-end production for a cheap price. And if those are cap strapped currently under the, they're currently over the cap minus 1.8 million at this moment. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they got to find ways. Bean's been really good at that, you know, finding, you know, cheap free agents to get high end production out of. So I, he needs to do that this year more than ever. And I'm going to throw up a guy that I've been pounding the table for, uh, for a while. And that's this guy right here. And I feel, yes, yep, sir. Zach Hurts. I feel like his days are numbered. I feel what is like, the fascination with Zach Ertz? What is the fascination? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. He is a product of Carson Wentz the last two years. Carson Wentz, his composure, his wherewithal, I don't know what his confidence has just been been shit the last two years. And I'm, and I'm not knocking Carson Wentz because I think that he can go to Indy and I think Frank Wright can write the ship and I think that he can be a really good quarterback again. I just Zach Ertz is there. There's something coming in the video, unless it already happened. I haven't been paying attention to it, but he has Super Bowl experience. He played against mm -hmm. the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Played really well. Um, he's a veteran. He's not as old as Greg Olson, so he would be a younger vet that can teach guys to watch film, how to practice, uh, game preparation. Plus, you're going to get production out of him. And he's not – I don't think he's your typical tight end. I think he's a little bit more athletic than Dawson Knox. And he's proven. He's a good – he's a really good tight end. And I don't think right. people – I don't think he's going to cost as much as these people are saying he is. He might be a cap casualty because the Eagles have literally no money. They're stuck with all that dead money from, from the Carson Wentz trade. So I think that they're, they're going to drop him. He's going to sign on a really good team-friendly deal. 
And, and I, I, I just think that's and, – and I'll stick to this. You, you sign a vet you, and you draft a tight end in the mid-rounds, like EJ said, and let him fight it out with Dawson Knox. you got three comp, comp, you know, really good tight ends and because obviously Croft isn't coming back. Um, I think the Tommy Sweeney experiment is probably going to go away or he's going to be practice squatted again. So I don't know. EJ, what do you think yeah, of, of Zach Ertz? Yeah, I love Zachers. He's been one of my favorite tight ends for the last couple of years, man. Re- my guy. Reliable. Hey, listen, man. He's reliable. He can yep. catch. He was hurt last year. He his ankle was hurt more than half the season. The whole Eagles team was bad last year. So obviously he's gonna look bad when the whole team is looking bad. The quarterback's bad. The O line's bad. Of course he's gonna be bad. But when he's healthy, he is definitely a move tight end. You talk about top five tight ends in the league. For a long time, his name was the one that came up, you know, most often as a top five tight end. Now we don't know about that now, but I mean, if the Bills could sign him, he would definitely change that offense and give him the the dynamicism at that position that they have been lacking for, like I said, about ten plus years. But if they got an opportunity to get Zach Ertz, they definitely should get it. And he's a pretty decent inline blocker too. So I, I like this move if they if they try to make it. Hey, Rich, why are you hating on my man, Zach Ertz? I mean, I guess it, I, it's all about the money. It's, I guess it's all about yep. the money. How much How much would, would he command? Uh, any t- all these tight ends we're talking about would be an upgrade over Dawson Knox, right? So right. I guess it, it's, it's, it's all about the money. What about, I, he, go ahead. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this guy. What? David Njoku, I'm just mm. not a fan. I, I, I think he's another version of Dawson Knox. Oh, yeah, he drops the ball. He, oh, no, yeah, I thought you were talking about Ertz. You're talking no, about Njoku. I'm talking about Njoku. Yeah, drops the ball entirely too much. I exactly. agree with you 100%. Exactly. That's, why he, that's why he's not being signed back in, in, in Cleveland, and that's why they drafted another tight end. They drafted Hunter Bryant, and they signed Austin Hooper to a big deal. It's because he dropped the ball like a savage. Did y'all see Hard Knocks? Remember Hard Knocks? They told him to go practice and go catch a 1,000 balls. He didn't do it. Yeah. Remember that, y'all. Remember yeah. to the work yeah. ethic. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Facts. Yeah. What about Jared Cook? I liked him a couple years ago. Cookie's good. Yeah, Cookie's good. Um, he, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with Cookie because he played with Drew Brees the last couple years. He's finally starting to come on. I just don't think he's a top tight end. When I watch Jared Cook play, it's never like, oh man, that guy. He he's he's awesome. He's great. It's just like, eh, like I could use him. But I just think about I'd rather go with Brevin Jordan or I'd rather go with Zach Ertz or I'd rather go with Joe Everett. That's all I'm saying. All right. Lone Wolf says that we're hating on Dawson Knox. Nah, he need to catch the ball. Lone Wolf, I love you, man. And you're a regular. You watch all of our shows and you you know I've been pounding the table since week two or three that Dawson Knox is not the guy. He is nice. It was a nice stiff arm last year against the Bengals. It was a cool video. He wears Rambo t-shirts. It's awesome. But I don't think he's the guy that we need in this offense. Uh, look at look at Travis Kelsey. I, I know he's he's like a unicorn. Like there isn't another Travis Kelsey in the league. But we need something that's give me seventy percent of Travis Kelsey. Give me fifty percent of Travis Kelsey. Someone who will catch you know fifty passes for seven hundred yards. Give give me that and I'll be fine. And that's not Dawson Knox. It's just not. If he if that was him, he would have got there already. I'm I'm just I, I don't know. He's had two years. Huh? And he still has the dropsies. He can't catch, yeah. death, but he can catch passes when a guy is just beating him to death, running down yeah. the sideline. It makes it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Uh, All right, I was I would I would say this to Lone Wolf. Just one last thing: if your tight end has twenty nine catches and then nine drops, that's not a, like I said. That's not a great ratio. He almost had half as many drops as he had catches. That's not hating. That's facts. He needs to catch the football. I mean, I don't know how other I don't know how else and, to say that. 
And not only that, I think it's possible you can be more dangerous if you take a back seat. I think Dawson Knox will be a very good number two tight end. Yeah. So that's just and, how and I feel I, about that. And I'm not saying we should just, you know, drop or cut ties with Dawson Knox completely. I just think that, like A. Rich says, give him a chip on his shoulder. Oh, you drafted somebody? You brought in a veteran? Well, every time I'm in the game, I'm going to make a play. And maybe that will drive him to just – outperform what everybody thinks in, in his expectations right now. All right. So JJ Watts all over the comment section. So let's talk about it. And I told, yeah. I told both these guys um, before the show came on that I was going to try to avoid JJ Watt because it seems like whenever you're on Twitter, there's a picture of him with blue flowers and Oh my God, it's, it's a sign. Whenever you're on Instagram, there's a picture <laughs> of him wearing red and blue shoes. Oh my God, it's a sign. It's just everywhere. So, um, EJ, give me your thoughts on J.J. Watt and if you think it would be uh, a good move for Brandon Bean, the Bills, to get him on board. I do think it would be a great move. Um, J.J. Watt has been one of the best defensive players in the past decade. That's no, There's no question about that. He has been recently hit with the injury bug. Specifically, he had surgery on his back last year. And I just hate to hear that from someone that's 30-plus. Now... Obviously, he still has high-end play left in him. And what it comes down to for me is money with him. Um, the Bills have a window to win a Super Bowl. They're one game away from the AFC Championship. If we could get him on a two-year deal, let's say for like $5 million a year, I'll take $5 million. I'll give him $10 million. Two years, $10 million, something like that. I think that investment may be worth it. And then also draft a pass rusher, maybe in the second or first round. I think he could help. He could also help Ed Oliver. Now, I know Ed Oliver plays three-tech, but J.J. Rott also plays uh, DN, and he's played some, you know, three-tech also. So that can definitely help. And um, as A. Rich was saying about Greg Olson helping Dawson Knox, you know, learn how to study film. I think one of you guys would say, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but you're saying, like, that helps, you know, younger players. I think J.J. Watt's presence will help the younger pass rushers, you know, on uh, the Bills line, the Harrison Phillips, the uh, Ed Oliver, so for that reason alone, I think it would be a great move to bring J.J. Watt in at the right price. I, I say, I, 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 hold on. I'll say one Jack, thing you before it. you go, and then I'll let you. I'll let, I'll let you let it rip. We spent a second round draft pick, the earliest draft pick we had last year, and I might be stealing Averis's thunder from his reaction. A.J. Epinesa mm -hmm. is why you bring in J.J. Watt. I'd, I'm no, I'm no fool. I'm not going to sit here and say, I think we're getting the defensive player of the year from five years ago, J.J. Watt. I want J.J. Watt, and I want his ability to rile up a team, to teach players, and use him in situations to make him be successful, bring him in on third downs. Here's the thing. We just paid a guy $10 million to be inactive on game day, and I understand this, and I'm talking about Mr. Trent Murphy. I understand we're in a strap, we're, we're, we're strapped for cap this year, and I, I understand all of that. But if you're going to let that shit slide all year, bring in JJ Watt and let him teach at Oliver. Let him teach AJ Epinesa. Let him work bookend from Jerry Hughes. So. I mean, I have more, but I know Arich looks like he's burning a hole in his seat. <laughs> no, <Nah, so. laughs> uh, nah, you, you you, you, I got the patience. You did a good job explaining. Uh, J.J. Watt, uh, in my opinion, it, you know, if I'm not mistaken, 84 
above above 84 PFF grade for JJ Watt. Uh, I believe he played all 16 games this year. That is concerning because I, if I, I looked at his profile, he looked like he's he's on again, off again. He gets hurt one year, then he plays one next year, hurt one year, plays the next year. Well, he started all 16 games this past year. So right. I'm a little superstitious about that, but uh, he makes other people better. He will make Ed mm-hmm. Oliver, he will make Ed Oliver better. Everybody's talking about Star Latoule and our run game. People was running on us when Star Latoule was on the team. Exactly. We, we, right. we had we had trouble running the ball when Star Latoule was on the team. Uh JJ Watt, people would say, well, uh, he didn't have as much sacks. He had the same amount of sacks as as Addison. And and I I, I think is above the stats. It's about the, the player itself. Not only would he improve our pass rush, in my opinion, he improves our running game as well. He is a, a stout run defender. And it's another player that I don't think we have on defense right now. We don't have a player that other opposing uh, offenses are worried about. There's no, but the quarterback is not going out there and be like, hey, watch out for Mario Addison. You know, uh, the quarterback out there, if JJ Watt lined up in football uh, uh, with the Buffalo Bills, you have to pay attention where number 99 is before you snap that ball. And because of that alone is why I want JJ Watt. We don't have that right now. And, and so, I'll, I'll say this too. Who on this defensive line brings any sort of intensity? Jerry Hughes has a high motor. And Jerry Hughes, for a man of his age and how long he's been in the league, is still was the best Bills pass rusher this past year and the year before. And I, I don't want anybody to ever say that he wasn't. Look at and, – and EJ can can probably vouch to it with his pass rushing grade. He, he gets the most pressures out of anybody on this team. But my, my question is – who brings intensity on this defense at all? Period. Intensity. Where you watch JJ Watt play. The dude is, is intense on every single snap. And I think that players can feed off of that. Everybody talked about we brought Josh Norman in to bring in his nasty and his you know his little his bravado. And everybody talked about, well, we brought in uh you know Vernon Butler. And Quentin Jefferson and, and Mario Addison, these guys were going to bring in an extra special nasty to the defense. We saw it next to n- next to none all season. We didn't see any of that. Um, and and he immediately makes everybody else on that line better. Mm-hmm. He Ed Oliver better. AJ Epinesa now gets to learn from a three-time defensive player of the year. Like it's ridiculous to, for people to say he's not worth it because he had five sacks. Well, you know what? So so did so did Mario Addison, and we paid yeah. him ten million dollars. You know, and they want to talk about the thirty-two games he's missed over the last five years. You know what? We have the best medical facility in the NFL. We've we're able to have Cole Beasley play with a broken freaking fibula. You, you know, I mean, there's there's just a lot of I, stuff that people don't see, and it's not. A, a lot of people, the, the purists, will say, "Well, it's a free, it's a it's a nice name, it's it's a it's a sexy name, and of course, when there's a sexy name available, all Bills fans want to go and sign him." No, it makes a hell of a lot of sense for him to be on this team this season. I'm 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 more than comfortable of doing away with a guy like Jefferson and Butler to mm-hmm. and replacing him for a JJ Watt. 
And I will be comfortable going in with the line as is. Harrison Phillips will be two years removed from that knee injury. I think we was protecting Harrison Phillips a little bit this year because of the knee injury. We've seen the, we've seen the progression of Daryl Williams' game, our right tackle, two years removed from his injury. So I think Harrison Phillips is going to be better as a D tackle. Star Latoule should be coming back. We have Ed Oliver. I really like the the physical athletic ability of Justin Zimmer. So if we was to get a guy like JJ Watt, I would be fine with our defensive line going forward. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Harrison Phillips and Justin Zimmer because they're not sexy names. Harrison Phillips was a middle round draft pick and Justin Zimmer's a practice squad guy. But if you watch the motor on Justin Zimmer, watch the pick six from Teron Johnson. Justin Zimmer was all the way downfield. A DT ran a hundred yards downfield to make sure he was able to try to throw a block wherever he could. Justin we, Zimmer won the game against the New England Patriots. He exactly. won the game. He came off practice squad and, and won the game against the New England Patriots. The, the mm-hmm. thing about that play, and everybody wants to say it was just one play, it was the instincts to know that I gotta make I gotta punch this ball out right now because they're they're cutting through us like a hot knife through butter, and I gotta make a play. And he and he made a play. And nobody talks about him like that. And, you know, hey, I mean, maybe we're just always trying to throw out this bean, finding these diamonds in the rough somewhere. But, I don't know, EJ, what Wait, final thoughts uh, on, on JJ Watt, EJ? <laughs> what you got? We don't, went long that. Don't, don't, say, don't say nobody because last week on the PFF Bills page, I put, out his P, I put out his PFF grade. It was a 76 for somebody that came off the practice squad. I mean, that was one of the higher ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good. I mean, I I was watching Zimmer all year. He, Like you said, he was definitely a difference maker. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys saw it, but look at the Super Bowl. Remember when Tyreek Hill was talking about Justin Zimmer? He said, I didn't know his name. But mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill even said, you know, that mm-hmm. number 61. He yeah. said, that's a, that's a player. So, I mean, people yeah. are starting to notice about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. But a mm-hmm. final thought on J.J. Watt. He's had four straight seasons of grading over 85. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bills, again, Sorely lacking on the defensive line since mm-hmm. who? I mean, besides Jerry Hughes, who else has been, you know, a top-notch player? Kyle Williams, he retired, but mm-hmm. I mean, they have That's not it. in the ten. Yeah, they have not in the last ten years had a player of JJ Watt's caliber. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. If they were to sign him, like you said, everybody instantly gets better, and you can make a case that he might be the Bills' best defensive player if he comes on the on the mm-hmm. uh, on the mm-hmm. team just now. So, I mm-hmm. mean, this is honestly a no-brainer to me. I mean, there's no. Yeah question that being that being should have interest in this guy and he has interest in buffalo because buffalo has a window right now where they can win the super bowl so <clears throat> signing jj watt would definitely get them closer yeah and the thing is to imagine imagine just imagine what jerry hughes will be able to actually do with someone on the other side of him creating pressure jerry hughes will start mm. getting these sacks it'll still yeah. they'll start coming because mario addison's going to become uh, the Trent Murphys. He's going to be the guy that's inactive every week because yeah. if you get JJ Watt, you're, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. So just something yeah. to think about. All right, if you guys haven't smashed the like button, smash the like button. If you're watching this on Facebook, share this. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the bell that way you get notified when we go live. All right, so let's move on to the next topic here because this is a hot button with Bills Mafia. Either you're on one side of the fence or you're on the other side of the fence, and that is Andre Roberts. Resign or let walk. Hey, Rich, go uh, first. Oh, he's ready. <laughs> he's ready. Uh, you know, I. You know, it's it's tough for me because I'm I'm a I'm a big 
uh, advocate for Andre Roberts, man. I, I love Andre Roberts' game. He came and he came to the Buffalo Bills. The New York Jets let him go. And he came to the Buffalo Bills and added stability to our special teams unit. Back to back all pro seasons. He was second team all pro this year. And I really appreciate uh, Andre Roberts and, and his services during the time with the Buffalo Bills. But if I'm looking at his previous contracts, right? Uh, he's an all pro again this year, so he has that to go with his agent to present to the table. Uh, he had a $6 million annual contract with the Buffalo Bills before. Uh, with our cap situation, I just don't think that we could afford to pay Andre Roberts uh, another contract, especially a, a, a $6 million contract for a guy that is is just a kick returner. Now, I love him. I think he's a great kick returner, but that's that's basically what we'll be paying for. And as much as I love him, uh, let's not act like there aren't other kick returners out there. Let's go ahead, uh, talk to our scouting department and say, listen, uh, let's make uh, a priority in getting a, a, a top kick returner like we made a priority in getting a top kicker in the draft last year. So with my fifth round pick, I would go and get the best uh, kick returner in the draft I can find. I think that would be a cheaper option the Buffalo Bills can go because we have money. The money that we do have to spend, we need to spend it on more impactful players that play the impactful positions. So as much as I love Andre Roberts, uh, I would let him walk. DJ, what do you think, man? So I, I, I just pulled up his uh, kick return grades. I wanted to see where he was ranking. So if it's just specifically for kick return. So in 2018, he was the number one graded kick returner. 2019, he was the number two kick returner. And then this year, he was the number two kick returner this year. So, I mean, you don't find that consistency everywhere. And I know you say there's faster players, there's better players, but, like, he definitely alters down in distance when it comes to just specifically kick returner. I mean, look at – was it the Ravens game? It was one of the games where he had an impactful kick return right out of half. You know, that flip, you know, field position for them. So he definitely makes a difference. But a rich listening to you speak when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's, you said, that's it right there. Yeah. If, if, we had, if we had 70 mil, I'm all. Yeah, for it. man. When it comes to the dollars and the cents, I rather like you said, I rather try to get I, uh, somebody just put into the chat. Go sign Isaiah McKenzie. They said, honestly, cut Isaiah McKenzie. I'm on that train. Please cut I, Isaiah McKenzie. I think we give you. A, I think I we think got so cut too. off. I think we got cut off. I think the stream, I think YouTube cut our stream. Oh, man. Because I, I think so. we showed, I think I showed too many videos. Oh, yeah. I see. it cut it? It's okay. I, I think so. Is this still, well, are we still live? We are, but it's not, I don't know if it's, if it's, it might be, we might just be on Facebook. Let's, oh, let right. me, let me go hey, ahead and check. check Facebook and let me see. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we apologize for that. We apologize. Let me check Facebook right quick. And it looks like, yes, we're we're still on Facebook. We're still on Facebook. We apologize, YouTube right, guys. Cool. Yeah, sorry, YouTubers. Uh, we still, we, we still <laughs> on Twitter. We still on Twitter as well. All right. All okay. right. Well, let me get. But yeah, when, yeah. Oh, maybe. But yeah, you had something. To- maybe we're back. Okay. Are we? Are we? Let me know. Let me know, guys, if we're on. We're back on YouTube. It looks like we might be back on YouTube. Yeah, we're we're, we're good on Twitter. 
Now I'm gonna recheck yep. YouTube. Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf is on it. He says all is good. It looks like all, all is good. Okay, right, awesome. Cool. So it's as we good. were saying, uh, yeah. <laughs> as we were saying, Isaiah, all right. So so yeah. I don't know where we left off on that. I, Isaiah I McKenzie, y'all cut, y'all cut Isaiah McKenzie. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, y'all love Isaiah McKenzie, mm -hmm. and I get it because y'all like him. But ask yourself, besides the one game where he snapped, what was that, against the Jets, I think it was, where he snapped and had three touchdowns? Was it at the uh, Jets Dolphins. game? The Dolphins. Dolphins, game. okay. The Dolphins yeah. game where he snapped and had three touchdowns, that's fine. Okay, what else does he offer them as a fourth receiver on his team? I'm sorry to go off on this, but I need to I need to say this because <laughs> so, what, what else does he offer you guys, offer the Bills? So, so here's my thing. Here's my thing. I think, to, I think we are enamored with the Jets sweeps. You know, that that's what he offers the Buffalo Bills. That's the, 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 the added dimension that he offers the Buffalo Bills. And he has he has the speed dynamic. But when you're in on 22 percent of the snaps, right, 22 or 23 percent of the snaps. And then when you in motion, I, I noticed I watched a couple games where the Buffalo Bills actually ran him in motion a ton and we would run the ball. And he's one of the blockers uh as uh, in our running plays. And I didn't I didn't like I, di I didn't like that at all. So uh, in my opinion. I think we have Brown, Diggs, Beasley, and Davis, and I think Andre Roberts and McKenzie is going to walk. And I think ultimately we're going to end up drafting a receiver and and getting a cheap receiver in free agency. And one receiver that I have a, I have an eye on. I want to get your thoughts, EJ. Is uh is Chris Conley, the former Kansas City Chiefs and and Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he's under the radar, and he's just a, a physical freak athletically. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, I, and he's affordable, and I think he could do it everything. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie could do uh, in a 6'3", 205-pound body. I, I've, I've loved uh, Chris Conley, actually. When he went to um, the Jaguars, I thought he was going to be way better than what he is. I thought he was underutilized by the Jaguars. Um, if the Bills got him, I could definitely see him carving out a niche. I think a number four receiver is a nice spot for him. Um, <clears throat> again, as I keep reiterating, it's going to come down to dollars and cents. Like, what kind of contract is he going to command? If it's me, personally, I actually just wrote an article about this today. Um, I would like to see them get a wide receiver in the second, third, or fourth round this year because there are a lot of good, young, speedy wide receivers. Um, the receivers that I had named was um, Terrence Marshall from LSU. Um, they could get in the second round. Um, the second, third one I wanted was Diami Brown from UNC, speedy burner guy who can actually run routes and can mm -hmm. actually get deep down the field. And then my third was uh, Tylen Wallace from Oregon State, I mean from uh, Oklahoma State, excuse me, who can win in contested situations, run routes, run double moves, and also get down the field and also take screens to the house. My thing with Isaiah McKenzie is you guys love him for jet sweeps. How often do the Bills run jet sweeps in their packages from Sunday to Sunday? It's like, Not, what, three or four times? Right, nothing. Uh, yeah, right. So basically, Isaiah McKenzie, like you said, is giving me nothing. But if I get a receiver who can actually run some routes, take some screens to the house, do something else besides a jet sweep, that's way more valuable than a guy that can just literally do one thing. You guys want him to play punt return because you guys know he's not giving us anything on the offensive side of the ball. So that's why they want him to kick return and punt return because he's not giving us anything else. Speed is nice, but we need speed with route running or whatever. Uh, special teams, honestly, it's an important part of the game, but offense is way more important than special teams. Trust me. Yeah, I like and it. I think I, like I, I think everybody's talking about cutting John Brown. Yeah. I don't think – here's what I would do. I would, I would give John Brown an intense physical and see if his injury this year was just kind of a blip on the radar. It was a one-off. If it was just something that 
we don't expect to happen again. Um, and if he passes with flying colors, maybe you add a year to his deal and you cut his salary in half this year. Um, not give him pay, take a pay cut, but push things around and extend him a year. Um, if he's not willing to do that, obviously it takes two to tango. Um, or if you find out that this may be something that's a lingering injury issue, you have Kenny Stills sitting right there. He was just mm -hmm. on your team. I would take Kenny Stills. He'll probably be a lot cheaper. You could give him the five million or six million that some of what you save from John Brown. And then, like A. Rich said, I would draft Andre Roberts' replacement, honestly, because he's cheaper. And if you can find someone that can get more involved in the offense, that's what you do. And unfortunately, I think I'd let Isaiah McKenzie walk. I love the guy to death. He's been on the team for three years. He's been here since Josh got here. He's he's been a valuable piece in certain small packages, but I don't know. He doesn't he everybody talks about how he's learned more every single year. Well, if I can draft a guy in the fifth round that can do exactly what he does, and he's making peanuts compared to what McKenzie's going to want. You do that in a, in a cap Absolutely. strapped in a cap strapped year. That's what you do. So that's, that's my take on it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, I don't understand why this is it's again. And I go back to this all the time. It's because Bill's mafia likes these people as personalities. It's not for their play on the field. It's because I like them as a personality. So because right. I like them as a personality, that translates to me wanting to get right. I want to keep them. I want to give him big money. But as I said on my podcast before with Charlie Gross, you guys, the Bills Mafia, rather win football games than pay a guy big money. That's what it comes down to. And if you pay Isaiah big, McKenzie big money, you won't win football games because that money can be allocated cheaper to a cheaper position or to a cheaper person, and you would get the similar or, the, or more production out of those that money you would give them. So it's a no-brainer in my question. I don't understand why this is a, such a great, topic. Great comment from Lone Wolf here, too. Don't overpay for a niche player. And and like to, 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 to your point, EJ, this isn't 2017 Bills where it was all about heart and determination. We were four quarters away from the Super Bowl and got mm -hmm. the absolute break speed off of us against the Chiefs. We are a 13-win team that still needs to get better, and we need to look at under every freaking rock behind every single boulder and figure out what we can do to improve on a 13 win season. And yes, maybe we got spoiled in 2020 because we were so good, but we need to figure out a way to be better than everybody else. Still. That's the goal is to win the last game of the season. That's the goal. And that's, that's, that's my thoughts. That's I, my like thoughts. I like it. All right. It. So somebody threw up there Deshaun Jackson. I, I don't know what he's got left in the tank. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't Listen, know what you might, you might as well keep John Brown. Exactly. We got it. The Bills got to stop trying to yeah. sign these older players. Mm -hmm. This Josh Norman thing. Everybody from Carolina, they got to stop this old player thing. Let's get this youth movement popping. Please stop trying I, to sign old players. I love yeah. that you just said Josh Norman because that's the next topic. Oh, is. let's talk about the cornerbacks because I got hot topics. I got hot Corn takes here. CB like two. It. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Before you, before you, you kill the comment section with where I know you're going. Um, this is the topic. CB two, uh, Dane Levi, or somebody else. So I'm gonna get mine in there before you go because I know that you're gonna go on off on a tangent on yours. And yes, I, I, I'm gonna pound the table for this guy right here. And I don't care Ooh. how old he is. I don't care how much you guys think he's going to cost. This is who we thought we were going to get in Josh Norman. This is a guy 
who will come in and make that that cornerback room just like JJ Watt did will, would do with the defensive line. He will make everybody in that room better. He is probably one of the smartest players in the NFL. Yes, he was an asshole when he played for the Seahawks, and everybody hated him because of how good he was. He's got a Super Bowl ring, so he knows what it takes to get there. And I still think he's got something left in the tank. He's uh, he's not going to go back to the 49ers, and I think he'll take a, a team-friendly deal to be on a team that can compete. He's already come out and shown his admiration for, for Tredavious White. He was on PFF talking to Chris Collinsworth about – breaking down film about Tredavious White and how good he is. So what's your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I would – the only thing for me is, again, I don't. I hate for Buffalo to keep trying to sign these old players. As much as I love Richard Sherman, I really do like him. He's been one of my favorite players. I had to defend him on Twitter when I posted something that, that the Bills should sign him. I really do love him, but – I want to see the Bills try to get younger at the cornerback spot. And I'll let A. Rich go before I go on my tangent, but the Bills need to get younger at the cornerback position since this is such a valuable position. I would like to see them get younger. Richard Sherman has also suffered an Achilles injury. And one little other nugget, um, guess who's going to be on uh, the Chris Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman next week? Who's that? Brandon Bean. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. There you go. So, yeah. See how I I, I lobbed lobbed that one up for you when I mentioned that. Yes, sir. You sure did. You like that? (laughs) I love it. So, here's the thing I I think uh, the Buffalo Bills have been toying around with the number two cornerback position. In my opinion, all this plug and play shit that we've been doing, trying to trying to get uh, veterans to fill that spot that's past their primes, or is not working. I don't know if you if 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 Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and company believe in that defensive scheme that much, where they can just pick any plug and play cornerback. But in my opinion, I look at it as we're we're playing the they're they're toying with the position, and we're not maximizing our uh, our abilities. I love. AJ Epinesa, but the second round pick, Christian Fulton was sitting right there, and I'm like, yes, Christian Fulton, we could finally pair somebody with Trey White as a cornerstone for the foreseeable future. Plus, we have Josh Norman, and it's perfect. He can tutor, he, he can tutor these young cornerbacks and go about his business, and we got AJ Epinesa. In my opinion, we need to go go ahead and, and get a guy, uh, a young guy in 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 the beginning rounds, beginning stages of rounds, first, second, third round, and and come and fortify that that number two cornerback position and stop toying with the position with these uh, past their prime veteran cornerbacks. So you don't like you don't like Dane Jackson. I How love Dane, ja- Dane Jackson. I, I see. I love Dane Jackson, but and and I don't mind a four six guy. But when everybody in our secondary's four sixes. That to me, the, uh, some athletic ability matters. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Trey White is a four-five maybe, and it's Levi four-four. Four, four, four. Trey White is four-four, four, four. and then everybody else seems like they're four-six guys. I know the Buffalo Bills believe they just want high IQ, good, smart football players, but an accumulation of of athletes that's not that great it, it could pose problems when you face teams like Kansas City. So I so want to see us get more athletic at that position. In in a small sample size because we don't really have much to go on from Dane Jackson. Obviously Bean likes him. It was his it was his pick in the 7th round. A lot of people have a lot of positives about him. 
in the defense, what was the biggest thing everybody will talk about for the last four years, even though we were good last year, not so great this year. What's the one thing that everybody will always say that we need to get better at tackling Dane Jackson is the best tackling cornerback on our roster. I, I I swear I'll take that to the grave. Dane Jackson is the best tackling corner, and I'm surprised that he was not activated corner, against against the Ravens. I'm surprised that we didn't activate him to chase around Lamar Jackson against the Ravens. So, um, EJ, what you got to, for me? To, to, to Dave's <laughs> oh, to Dave's point, I was going to give you a. Actually, Levi Wallace is literally the best tackler on the team. Period. He has he has an 88.5 tackle grade. It's on, the the highest on the team. Yes, on the team. Yes. And honestly, if you watch his A22 tape, he does make a lot oh, of tackles. He gets tackles. He, 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 tackle. he, he so gets tackles. Oh. So I, I'm I'm sorry, but Levi Wallace is the best tackler this, on the wait, team. Wait, wait, does that mean does that mean making tackles while he's chasing down guys that have burnt him down the sideline? <laughs> oh, well, is now that, you're leading what? me. Now now you're leading me into where my little tangent. So I'm glad okay, go, A Rich go. lobbed it. I'm glad A Rich lobbed this right up to me because A Rich sounds exactly like me. I say the same exact thing. I said if Brandon Bean doesn't take Asante Samuel Jr., JC Horn, or Tay Gowan in the first two rounds, he's clearly not trying to beat the Chiefs. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all can cry about Ed's rusher, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cornerback, in my opinion, is the third most valuable position because it's not a lot of people that can play it. And all the rules are built for cornerbacks to lose. So when you find a guy who can cover, specifically man cover, mm-hmm. you need to take that guy. Asante Samuel Jr., like I said, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. Asante mm-hmm. Samuel Jr. should be there at pick 30. If he does not draft mm-hmm. Asante Samuel Jr. or mm-hmm. Tay Gowan or mm-hmm. J.C. Horn from South Carolina, he, that is a clear indication to me that he is not trying to beat the Chiefs. Like you said, the Bills have one corner that runs over a 4-4. That's Trey. And Trey runs a 4-4-7. Mm-hmm. Everybody else runs 4-6. When you try, every question going forward should be how are we going to beat the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. That should be the question going forward. Levi Wallace is cool. He has the same PFF coverage grade that he had last year. So what that tells me is that he's pretty much the same guy. He pretty much is is what he is. He mm-hmm. has no more upside. Mm-hmm. He has no more you know athletic or talented to, mm-hmm. to tap into. He is what he is. So if you get a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. Who's five ten, super athletic, super instinctual, can turn the football over, has good feet, good uh, good eyes, good hips. Get that guy to pair with Trey White. I will talk about Trey White when y'all want to because that's a whole nother tangent that I'll go on. But the Bills <laughs> hey, need to. I'm gonna set it up for you. I'm gonna set it okay. up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold and on. Then... Wait, I'll, I'll let him finish because I want I want to talk yeah. about this too now. I'm getting tired. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Are you are you yeah. are you still? So you you said. If he, if he doesn't draft a corner in the first or yes. second round, he's, he's not, not trying to win. All right. So let's let's talk about the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs didn't get beat defensively by the Buccaneers because of their cornerback play. They got beat because they were dominated up front. They had no mm-hmm. chance to throw passes. So mm-hmm. we don't even know if Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardeman and all these guys would be able to even beat those corners because they got destroyed up front and gave Patrick Mahomes no time. Now, no doubt, you need to have quick, agile corners to try to compete with the likes of Tyreek Hill and, and guys that have, that run 4-2 speed. And I get all that, but I don't know. What's more important, getting to the quarterback or covering the wide receivers? What's more important? Coverage. Coverage. Okay. Listen. Okay. Hey, Rich, you want to go before I go? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'll answer yeah. that, and I'll let you go. Yeah. Okay. Teams – 
depending on the team. That's how you that's how you have to that's how I have to say it. If I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster where I had a JPP and I had a Shaquille Barrett and I had the speed at linebacker at Levante David and, and Smith, then I'm it doesn't really matter. I'm good with with Carlton Davis and and Ross Cockrell as the starting corners because of who I have up front. Now with the Buffalo Bills, we're we're schematically different. Let's say we get JJ Watt. And we have J.J. Watt and Jerry Hughes. That is still not a better combination, in my opinion, in terms of getting to the quarterback like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we would need a better cornerback tandem than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had because we don't have that pass rush. So because we don't have that pass rush, we got to be able to hold up a little bit longer on that back end. So I, I, I say it's all depend on how your team is currently constructed. Right. And to piggyback off, off of A. Rich's point, um, you have to think about the team that you're trying to beat. So the team that the Bills are trying to beat is the Chiefs. They lost to them twice this year. They were one game away from the Super Bowl because of the Chiefs. Now, what do the Chiefs have that every other team in the league has? Speed on offense that no one can comp compete with. Dave, do you know how many picks that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers invested in DBs in the last three drafts? No, how many? Seven. <laughs> they had seven draft picks in the past three drafts. After drafting Vernon Hargraves, number six overall, something like that. They still went after DBs because of how important they are. So you said Ross Cockrell, A-Rich, it's uh, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. They were college teammates at Auburn. Oh, Jamel Dean, Jamel yeah, Dean. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Those are two actually solid corners. And Sean Murphy Bunting is the third cornerback, and he was a starter at Central Michigan, who's also a good corner. And we know about Antoine Winfield Jr., and then they had the other cornerback, I think it's MJ, the uh, safety, MJ Stewart, I think, off the top of my head. And Levante David has been the best coverage linebacker since he's entered the league. So mm -hmm. coverage matters, the DBs matters, and the oh, thing absolutely. about the pass... Yeah, but and the thing about the pass rushers is my last point. Y'all have to remember, the Kansas City Chiefs lost both their tackles, mm -hmm. and they put their guard, their right tackle, yeah, at left tackle. Sure. So that definitely matters when you're going up against a line like that. Let's say that um, their left tackle and their right tackle were both healthy for that game. I feel like that game would go a lot differently. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't They wouldn't have dominated like they did. But when you put right. less than average tackles against a, a top 5D line, of course it's going to look like that. You mm -hmm. know, obviously. Sure. And then with those DBs playing the way that they did, I mean, that was just a recipe for disaster for the Chiefs. But my point is, is that coverage is king. If you can find a team that covers – they will be there. The mm. the uh, the San Francisco 49ers, the year they made a Super Bowl, were the number one coverage team in the league. I mean, if you could cover, you can play. And then on top of having Nick Bosa as your best pass rusher. So, yeah. So, so I want to. De definitely. <laughs> all definitely. over. <laughs> all over. All over. That should be the theme of our offseason. But I want to I, I wanna, uh, throw an alley for you right quick. Yep. Um, I believe it was beginning of, was it beginning of this season? Madden came out. Not this past matter, the one, the one before that. And Trey White, he wasn't rated. He had the All-Pro season. Madden came out, and he wasn't rated uh, as highly as the other elite cornerbacks. And uh, Bills Mafia, you know they threw a fit. Damn, why Trey White is the best, one of the best corners in the league. And one of the Madden PA guys came and with their explanation. And uh, one of the Madden guys said, we rated Trey White the way we rated him is because of the defense that he plays in. The defense that he plays in masks a lot of his abilities and he has a lot of help over the top. So I can't grade him like I grade 
man coverage corners. And I totally agreed with that 100%. I totally agreed with that 100%. Uh, EJ, what is your thoughts on, on Tredavious White? Because I even said in our chat room, hey, Tredavious White got his ass bust against DeAndre Hopkins last year in the playoffs. And he got his ass bust against Tariq Hill this year. So what is your thoughts on Tredavious White? Here's the highlight of my day right here, boy. Here's the <laughs> highlight of my day. Oh boy. Now, everybody looks at me. So A. Rich said it before I said it, but everybody looks at me crazy when I said when I said this. So I just wanted I want to fast uh, rewind back to last year. So I put a stat out, and it was me and only me. I put a stat out that Trey White was the only corner in the past ten years for so from 06 to lead the league in interceptions without giving up a touchdown. Right? I put that stat out. And so I just don't want everyone. I don't. I want to preface this by saying I actually like Trey White, and I put that out, and everybody hopped all over it. People mm-hmm. took my tweet and they put it around, and they was like, "Oh, look how great Trey White is!" Right. Mm-hmm. So I get to this season, and I'm watching Trey White. Right. I'm watching a 22 tape. And see, that's the thing about Bills Mafia. You guys need to actually go back and watch tape, tape. and ask yourself, does Trey White this season look like the All Pro cornerback he looked like last year? To pick it back off what A. Rich said, I've been saying that since like week one. Trey White sits his behind back there in his own. Nobody really throw. No one is scared of Trey White, and that's the thing. No one is scared to throw at him. When you look at that game against the Browns, and that's when I knew it was real. He had four reps in a row against Odell. Odell killed him on like three because he had all those holding penalties. When he goes up against top corners, he does not do well, especially in man coverage. And I had somebody um from PFF. We have in-house stats that we're not allowed to just give out to the public. So I wanted to know what his man coverage grade was for the past two years. And it's like a 72.5, something like that. It's number five, actually, about a, out of all the cornerbacks, right? So I told this person, I'm like, listen, to be honest with you, the man coverage grade don't match up with the tape. Look at the um, Dolphins game this year, the first one. He got killed by Preston White on a deep fade. Look at the Broncos game. That was his highest graded game. He got killed by Jerry Judy. When he has to play man coverage, like you said, A. Rich, he is covered up by help being helped by Poyer and being helped by Hyde. When it's him on an island, he struggles. Look at DK. Look at when he went up against the Seahawks and how he had to cover um, DK one-on-one. He struggled. He got a holding penalty on one, and DK burned him down the sideline for a 40-yard game. So just ask yourself, Bills Mafia, how can I uh, seriously say he's a top-five corner when I ask him to cover man? When I ask him to cover man-to-man, he struggles. Jair don't do that. Gilmore don't do that. Peters, none of these top guys, they don't struggle like that in man corner the way he does. And that's not a, and that's a conversation that people in Bill's Mafia don't like to have. I got crushed for it the other day. So I just want to just pose these questions to people because it's never something that Bill's Mafia thinks about because they like Trey White as a personality. They don't actually look at his play. I like it. Um, I like, I, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> it, makes, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. No, it does. So here's, here's – I'm going to say this one thing. So here's how I feel about that. I think look at Colin Kaepernick or look at Lamar Jackson. If look at Colin Kaepernick, what made Colin Kaepernick special at the time he was special was the offense uh, allowing him to play his game, you know? And when they wanted to uh, try to make him play quarterback, he started to struggle. And Lamar Jackson, fast forward the same way. If you try to make, change Lamar Jackson and make him some type of Aaron Rodgers or try to make him a pocket passer, in my opinion, he's going to struggle. 
You have Absolutely. to let you have to let Lamar Jackson be exactly who Lamar Jackson is, and that is an athletic quarterback. His athletic ability is the reason why he's an adequate passer. So that's mm -hmm. just how I feel about it. Now, on the flip side, with Tredavious White, Tredavious White is an excellent zone cornerback. Yep. Let him play what he is, and that is a zone quarterback, a cornerback. But when you have accolades, when you start to develop accolades like Pro Bowl status and All Pro status, and and you start getting paid money uh, as the elite cornerback, you start you you start to wane away from what the thing actually is and start paying attention to the money and the accolades. And now we want to change him to this man corner because he get paid uh, like an elite corner and he has these pro bowl and, and, and all pro accolades. I think we just have to get back and do what he does best. And that's a, a zone cover three uh, uh, type cornerback. And if he, if we do that, he can get back to his all pro level. And, and I think, I think kind of what people they they kind of gloss over some stuff like the like like EJ said the the big the big gain that DK had on him and and some other stuff that happened like people kind of gloss over it and they're like well you know it only happens once in a while and quarterbacks no, don't it even does not. and 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 they'll say quarterbacks don't even look over there and they won't even target him well when you have Levi Wallace on the other side you might as well just pick on Levi Wallace anyways because you can mm -hmm. Right. You yeah, don't have yeah. you, you know what I mean? So to your point about the coverage, I'm kind of slowly starting to come to your side of the, the, the argument. Um, I think I, I watched that Seattle game and I watched the pick that Trey made on Russell Wilson, where he absolutely just kind of hung around in no man's land and broke on the ball and totally baited Russell Wilson into that pick. There's plays like that that I mean, Trey is special. We have we have to say in to Averitz's point. Stop putting him in man in man situations, please. Just put him in positions to be successful, just like you would do with a linebacker, just like you would do with your safeties, just like you would do with your defensive line. So, anyways, that's that. That's all I got on on that topic. So, so just to just to try to wrap this up because I don't want to keep going on this. I don't want to lose my <laughs> to, to, yeah, to ahead, burn my Twitter mentions up, but. <laughs> We have to have this serious conversation of saying Trey White is not a top five cornerback in this league. I have been saying this since week one, and every time I say this, I get so much pushback from Bills Mafia. It's like, well, he's an all-pro. Well, he had he led the league in interceptions without giving up a touchdown. Yeah, that's fine, but there's certain par parameters around that. Just like this year, there are certain context uh, cues and clues that you guys gloss over. You know, Again, the top five corners in this league, when you think of them off the top of your head, these guys can play man coverage because that's how you're going to have to shut these receivers down. Now, if you play the Chiefs, obviously you're going to have to play some type of zone because they're so fast at every single position. But the best cornerbacks in the league are man coverage corners. And I said, and this is a hotter, even hotter take, I think Trey White might not even be the best cornerback in his own division. He might he might be number two to J.C. Oh, Jackson. Uh, yo, yo, Xavier Howard is in that division too now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Xavier's one, mm -hmm. and then you got J.C. Jackson just came off a season where he had ten picks, mm -hmm. and in the season before he had a heck of a season too. He was like graded like number two or three. So all I'm saying is like he might not even be the best cornerback in his own division. People don't people don't watch these other players, so they don't know how good they are. But I'm just asking I, people to just watch the tape. That's all I ask. I, 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 Stephon, will, I will. Go ahead, Stephon go ahead. Diggs. Stephon yeah. Diggs made J.C. Jackson look like a fool. 
But that's Stephon Diggs. That's a top five receiver in the league. And that's and, that, and 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 I yeah. wanted to say that because yeah. I saw people talking about Jalen Ramsey in the chat. And as much as everybody hates Jalen Ramsey, he gave up one touchdown this year, and it was to Stephon Diggs on that little two yard pass back in week four. Stephon Diggs wanna, is a dog, man. Yeah, that's yeah. What, and that's yeah, what I'm saying. I mean, people people want to hate on Jalen Ramsey, but he there there is name a better corner right now than Jalen Ramsey. Seriously, like I he's 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 good. He's good. He if, gave up one touchdown. It was a two-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs when it was the third play on from the five-yard line that they the Bills had to try to score on. And and I'm not I'm not dogging I'm not dogging Tre'Davious White. And I'm not you know putting all this push out there for Jalen Ramsey because we all know social media everybody hates him. But facts are facts. Stats are stats. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly. I, I, honestly, yeah. I I disagree. I think I think Trey White is is definitely a top ten corner and can be a top five corner if we play him in a zone defense. We have to play him what he is. I know we don't. The people don't, especially the people of high football acumen, don't respect the corners that play zone defense as opposed to the corners that play naturally a man defense. I get that, but Trey White is what he is, man, and he's a a a, a zone cornerback. And if we let him play that and not get fooled into what he is, I think he would be uh, great at what he does. And let me ask you this question. I'm gonna ask both of you guys this question. You guys have pretty high football acumen. Let's say this: if the Rams took Jalen Ramsey off that team and traded him in for Jalen for uh, Tre'Davious White, would they be as good uh, as good on defense? No, they just wouldn't. from eye test. They no, and that's, no, my, that's my case no, right there. No, they wouldn't. I don't, I don't no, they wouldn't. So. You know, they 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 have that luxury when you have a player like Jalen Ramsey. You have that luxury where you can play on an island and and shade over and help other other places. We don't have that luxury. We don't have that Jalen Ramsey, that Jair Alexander. We don't have that type of man coverage type cornerback. And I only I only pose that question because the Rams play the most zone coverage this year in the league. You know, so it's a zone heavy scheme. So I'm asking if you take uh because Jalen Ramsey can do both. So if you take Jalen Ramsey out and you put Tredavious White in, would the Rams be as good on defense? That because they're both zone schemes. They're mm-hmm. both cover four, cover three schemes. Mm-hmm. Speculation, so you- but maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. I, I know the answer to the question. <laughs> that's that's fine. I know the answer to the question. I'm a Bills fan at the end of the day, so hey. excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> but you're in the media. You're in the media, and people rely on you for objective analysis. And yeah. Saying that Tre'Davious White is better than Jalen Ramsey or a better corner than Jalen. And here's one more take, little tidbit. I'm gonna add, and I'm gonna leave the Tre'Davious White thing alone. Tre'Davious White was on um, IG Live with LaShawn McCoy talking about Vontae Davis. And in that life, he said, when I came, when he came out of high school, he was a wide receiver and a quarterback when he came, when he went to LSU. At LSU, that's the first time he played corner. If I'm not mistaken, he played two seasons at LSU or one? Who you talking about? Uh, Tredavious White. Tredavious White. He played two. He played two. two, Okay, so he played two seasons. The first time he got to LSU, he played two seasons at corner. Then he went to the league, right? Tredavious White said on the live, he said, I've only been playing corner for like three or four years out of his whole entire football career. So theoretically, think about that. How could you say that he was a top five corner if he's only been playing in position for like four years and only playing it in the league for three as opposed to these other guys who've been playing it their whole life? That's just want you something to think about. <laughs> something to digest. I like it. All right. I brought up Diggs, and now people are talking about Diggs in the comment section. So, 
let's talk about Stefan Diggs before we get out of here because I it, we're we're mm-hmm. running long. It's an hour over an hour and a half already. Half. Um, so rank for me, EJ Stefan Diggs in the NFL out of all the wide receivers. He's top five. He's probably four or five. No question about it. Who's who's ahead um, of him? Oh, man. Devontae absolutely is number one. For me, even though he was hurt this year, it's Keenan Allen. People don't respect him or whatever the case may be, but Keenan Allen routes are just disgusting, and no one can cover this man one-on-one either. Number three for me, I have to put Tyreek there. Uh, and then, honestly, I, I'll go four for Diggs. I mean, he's, okay. he's number four. Uh, and then you want to put DK at five? Because of the season he had, or Justin Jefferson, you can interchange those. Maybe Justin Jefferson, because he had an all-pro year as a rookie. But he's four or five, and I'll, I'll go four. Hey, Rich, what about you? Uh, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. I have Hopkins. I think Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. I think DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, he plays every year. Devontae Adams is going to get hurt some point in the year. He's an Anthony Davis, in my opinion, at the NFL. He's going to get hurt at some point in the year. I just don't know. I just I just don't know when. He's a great player, though. So I, I definitely put him in there. But uh, I got DeAndre Hopkins, one. I have uh, Devontae, two. Tyreek, three. And I, I I go Diggs, four. Hmm. EJ, were you going to say something? Look like you were going to say something. Oh, no, no. I was just <laughs> – People, people, I don't understand. I've been – Stephon Diggs is one of my favorite players in the league. He has been good literally since he stepped into the NFL. It was just about getting opportunities for him. And then they chose Adam Thielen over Stephon Diggs, which I was pissed about. But anyway, you know what I mean? He's in Buffalo now, and he's dominating. He led the league in catches, targets, and yards. That should tell you right there what happens when a, a receiver gets opportunity and gets a quarterback that can throw him the ball. Diggs is showing you how really good he's really been for a long time. So we, we talked about this a couple months ago during the season. And when everybody found out that the Bills were trying to get digs last year, it was just kind of rumors at that point. We don't really know how far it went with the talks and things like that. And then when we got digs, I said, all right, let me go watch some film. Because I, I, I knew a little bit about Stefan Diggs. I obviously don't watch Minnesota Vikings games. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge NFL fan, obviously. But let me go watch some actual film on Stefan Diggs. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this dude's footwork is insane. So then he comes here and I'm like, all right, he'll probably have like 80, 85 catches. Josh is still a work in progress. But for him to do what he did in his first season with the Bills in this system with Josh Allen and and this whole other dynamic, he's number two for me. I mean, Devontae Adams, I think, is the best receiver in the game. Um, and he absolutely gave Aaron Rodgers an MVP trophy. To, if you ha- if you ask me, he handed Aaron Rodgers the MVP trophy with his 18 touchdowns and all the other stuff. But um, I, I just I I don't know. It's it's going to be crazy to see what he can do this year. I honestly think, and we talked about this in the chat, and I brought it up on other social media platforms. Is I think that Stephon Diggs, if they use him the way they use him this year, he can break the single season reception record. He only would need 24 more. And that would be one and a half a game. You give him three more targets a game, he's going to break that record. Um, and that's that's crazy to think about that he can do that. Um, when he came over, everybody was talking about how he was, you know, an explosive player, but he didn't run all the routes and didn't do some of the dirty stuff. And dude only had it. Dude only had eight touchdowns because he got the shit done to get them to the spot where they can get touchdowns in the red zone. A lot of people don't talk about that, like. 
I feel like he's going to have a C on his on his on his jersey next year, and he absolutely deserves it. So most definitely. All right, guys. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Anything else you guys want to talk about before we head out? Nah, I think we. Sorry about sorry about the YouTube situation earlier. (laughs) That kind of stunk, but it happens. You know, I I think we did an excellent job covering covering uh, multiple points throughout this broadcast, man. So, uh, EJ, I, I really appreciate you coming on um, again. We probably going to have this discussion for uh, for a while until uh, Tre'Davious Wright actually proves me wrong. I'm going to stick by him being a top five cornerback in the NFL <laughs> if we play him in the correct defense. <laughs> and um, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. Did, did an excellent job today. I I love your your thought, your na- your analysis. You're very opinionated and educated with your analysis so i appreciate you for coming on yeah man i appreciate y'all having me man because y'all didn't have to like let me come on or even tell me to uh, i could come on like i said i appreciate you know talking to bills mafia getting opportunities to to speak to bills mafia but yeah i appreciate you guys letting me on your platform and like just trying to display my knowledge and just display my love for the game man and it won't be the last time we'll have you on again for sure so um what's where where can they find you on social media ej that way they can follow you yeah so i'm I'm most active on Twitter, man. I'm on Twitter almost every single day um, at edaniel77. Um, if you want to get link with me on Facebook, it's uh, Ernest Daniels. Uh, then I'm on Instagram sometimes too, so it's at Mr. Ham and Turkey. So I mean, you can follow me there, but mostly on Twitter. Miss, that's Mr. Ham and Mr. Ham. You, and you see how turkey. you see how he tried to slide that in there. He's like, he's like, you follow me on Instagram. I'll tell y'all. I'll tell y'all the story of why it's Mr. Ham and Turkey when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, awesome. so I, uh, for for EJ, again, thank you so much for coming on. For A. Rich, I'm DM3. This is Bill Zology. This has been a fun show. We talked about a ton of stuff. Um, we went for over an hour and a half. And we'll be back. Uh, a. Rich, I'm pretty sure A. Rich will be back Tuesday. We're working on some scheduling things, trying to get some more content out for everybody. Um, I'll be back Wednesday, and then we'll be back here every week, Saturday, Saturday nights, 9 o'clock, Bill Zology. Um, thank you everybody for spending so much time with me again. Sorry about the technical difficulties. It happens. It will probably happen again. Who knows? YouTube probably sent me an email saying, stop sharing so much videos on your shows and stop mm-hmm. trying to show these people as much information as possible. So with that being said, we're going to head out. Bill's algae as always go bills. <laughs>